prioritizing and, you know, aligning what you want in life with how you're going to achieve that with the money that you have coming in. I think it's something so simple, but it's something that's the first to go. When you're with friends and you're hanging out and you're being influenced by other people, you're like, wait, oh, I, I said I was going to save money and wasn't going to like buy drinks tonight for, you know, buy rounds of drinks for everybody, but uh, here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. I am so, so happy you're here. My name is Sam, if you don't know that already, and I'm going to be giving you mindset shifts to lose weight so you can become the most confident and unstoppable version of yourself in work and life. Seriously, I'm just going to be giving you doses of realness and reminders of how badass you already are. And so I'm really excited that you're spending time here and I appreciate you and love you so much. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. On today's episode, I have an incredible guest named Jen Reed. She's a great friend, and she's also a financial coach and money expert, someone who I just recently reconnected with because I have just kind of taken hold of my finances and shifted my money mindset. And I was like, I want to have someone on the show that can really empower you guys to manage your money feel good about it, what to do, all of the things, and just have good vibes around money. So Jen, I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, yeah, it's just so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, it's so funny how the world spins and we get back into people that we've disconnected from for a while. I know. And I'm so happy that we're, we're doing this. And like, I'm sure, like I was telling you before, like, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot of stuff on this episode, which I'm really excited for, because this is like the, I think probably the last part of my like overall, you know, wellness we've talked about that I've really started to get clarity on. And so I'm excited to kind of have you share nuggets of wisdom and all that you've learned and, and kind of share your story around what you're doing and, and all that. So why don't you start off, like, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself or anyone that doesn't know you? Yeah, so um, I began my financial journey about six years ago. Um, I was kind of lost in, like, figuring out, like, what, what, what I was supposed to do with my money, right? Like, I was working this great job, finally making a salary, had some great benefits, and sat there and was like, oh my gosh, I have no money at the end of the month. Like, where is it all going? And um, kept trying to like ask certain like financial advisors and different people, like, what am I supposed to do with my money? Why does it not seem to be working for me? And couldn't really find someone who was willing to help me. Um, most of it because it was like... <laughs> Mostly because it was like, oh, you have to have a minimum net worth of $100,000 to even get in the door or like it, anything that was like, oh, it's like $300 an hour to even just talk to me. I was like, I don't have that money. Like, what am I like? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, and really just started like diving in like, okay, what is this all like? Like, how are you supposed to get good with money if you don't have money to begin with? Because it just felt like this, like just kept kicking me down and down. Um, and the more I got into it, the more I realized that there weren't that many resources out there for the everyday individual to get good with money. Um, so I just kind of kept diving into like that research and development and like figuring out what it took to, to budget and like pay down debt. And um, <laughs> I ended up at this um, realizing that like, okay, hey, like maybe I should be a financial advisor and start helping people with their money. Yeah. And I ended up at a large brokerage firm. Um, it's a really big uh, Fortune 500 company, and they sell it off the idea that they don't charge their clients to sit down with them, but the end game is to sell really high commission products. Mm. Um, they really aren't great for the client's specific needs. They might be, the, you know, suitable products, but they really benefit the advisor more than the actual client. Yeah. Um, and after that, I was like, okay, 
there's got to be a better way. So I kind of took a step back again and um, dropped all my licenses and was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be client focused. And I think that meant being a money coach and just really working with clients on the fundamentals and the basics and helping them, you know, get clarity on their goals and really just educate and guide them into the best options for them. Yeah. Um, I love that. <laughs> so much like, okay. yeah, so much, I guess, like, um, authenticity almost because like you were once in that struggling place of like not knowing. Right. So do you think like, is that kind of why you wanted to go the client focused route? Yeah. Cause there are just, it, there's so many financial jargons and little nitty gritty things that as an everyday person, you don't have the time to sit there and learn it all. And even still, like after being in the industry for six years, I learn something new every single day. Mm. Like, or there's a new product that comes out or, you know, two companies start to merge and you're like, well, what does that mean now for the client? And really taking a step back and saying, like, what does that mean for the mm. client that's invested in those, those companies? Um, and just being able to turn that around and simplify it for my clients and just make it something that's like easy to understand. Yeah. I love that. The relatability. And I know like for me, like my past experience with money was like, money is scary. Like money doesn't grow on trees. Like I had such like this like skewed mindset or like, you know, just like my beliefs were, were not mine. They were adopted. They were from my parents. They were from just like things I heard. And I think like, I always, I always got like feelings of like shame or like, I just didn't want to talk about money. Like it was something like this, like secret, like ah, thing. Um, and I realized like that was the very thing keeping me stuck, like not having a conversation and just being like, oh yeah, one day I'll wake up and I'll be rich and like, I'll figure it out someday, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we definitely, we totally live in this society that does not talk about money. Yeah. Like the nitty gritty about money. Like we don't walk up to someone and say, oh yeah, hey, I have a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loan debt uh, and $25,000 on my credit card. Right. Like we don't, we don't show that we live in a very like Instagrammable world where we just show the highlight reel of everything great that's happening. Yeah. Um, and I think that's hard to digest sometimes and say like, well, how is everyone living like that? Like I'm over here in a starvation mode, just trying to pay basic bills. Right. Yeah. There's so much shame around even the word money, but like the concept of it, like have you experienced that with your clients like coming to you? Yeah. So I think the first couple of conversations I really started to have with clients where it was like, okay, how much debt do you have? And I think that was something for me that was like, it's normal to like talk about money and realizing that there was like a hesitation before they said it, like, oh, it's a lot. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay. How much? And they, like, it took a lot for them to just say like, I have 20,000, I have 10,000, I have 120,000 and, and getting them to feel like it's okay. It's achievable. It's something that we just put on the list of things that we want to tackle. Or if it's something that you're not comfortable with, like what is something that you want to at least get it down to? So it does make you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a huge, like, that's a huge game changer when you just can, can see that, like, oh, other people are struggling with this, too. Like, it gives you permission to feel like, oh, like, I'm not the only person with debt, or, like, I'm not the only person that has had these limiting beliefs around money, or, you know, like, it just, it it gives you permission to feel the same way. Yeah. And say, like, okay, what, like, is this something that's really outrageous, or I should put on my radar? Um, yeah. getting that I mean, that's something, even just when you look at interest rates, like people are like, well, this interest rate is really high. And you're like, no, it's not really bad. You know? Yeah. You might have three or 4% on your student loan. That's fine. Right. But some people feel like, oh, that, that's a lot. And you're like, it's okay. Yeah. So you're like a sounding board for them to give them perspective, like, or like when they say like, that's really expensive or that's, that's a lot. It's like compared to what? 
and like yep. giving them that reference point. I think that's super helpful. Yeah. Um, especially, and then opening up options and doors if there is something that could potentially be better. Yeah, for sure. So for you and like your money mindset, like now versus maybe when you started or like before you really knew what was going on, can you kind of talk us through um, some of like some of your own beliefs and maybe how they've shifted over the past, I don't know, five, 10, whatever, 20 years? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely grew up in a household where money was not talked about at all. Um, Money was mine to do whatever I wanted with, but it wasn't something my parents were like discussing on a daily basis either. So it was a little bit of that shame. Like we don't like, we don't talk about money. It's not something that's appropriate to ask somebody how much they make or, you know, how much they spent on something. Um, so when I went off to college and kind of took on some loans, got into some really major credit card, it was like, as long as I could make the minimum payments and like nothing ever seemed really detrimental and like going to hurt me, mm-hmm. then it was okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the big thing moving forward. It was like, I just kept putting things on my credit card and just saying like, well, eventually I'll you know, make more money and I'll be able to pay it off. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where it kind of was like, okay, the more money I started to make, the harder it got to pay that off because it was like, I would live more elaborately and extravagant, do things that I said I deserved or wanted to do. Um, And that's when I think it really hit. And it was like this moment where I was like, all right, I want to do things with my life and I want to stop living paycheck to paycheck. So what do I need to do? And that was the moment where it was like, okay, I really need to sit down and like, look at my budget. And that's such a dirty word, right? Like people are like, oh, budget, like, I don't like to budget, like that's limiting. It doesn't let me live my life. But that's something that cash flow and understanding what you're making every month and what you're spending every month is huge. And every month is different. Like I think so many people, especially myself, I felt like, Oh, I was on a salary. If I was making, you know, $5,000 a month, it, that was consistent every month. Yeah. But in reality, it wasn't. And my expenses weren't consistent every month either. So right. one month I'd be like living paycheck to paycheck and the next month you're spending over. Mm-hmm. And then the next month you're a little saving a little bit, but it's not enough to make up for right. the previous month. So it's yeah. like really like putting in those like habits of saying you do need to look at your budget and your cash flow every single month and like setting that date in your calendar to say like okay January 1st is here what am I planning and then looking at it January 31st and saying what actually happened yeah Oh my gosh, that's so much gold. And it's really cool, like so relatable, like we talked about earlier, like it's so relatable to like wellness, right? Or like weight loss. Like you can have all the best intentions to eat healthier and to like work out and to like sleep more, but like what you don't measure, like you can't manage. And so if you think you're like doing all the things, right? And you're like, I'm in a calorie deficit, like I should be losing weight. And then you like, at the end of the month, you look at your actual calories and you're like, oh fuck, I wasn't in a deficit and I didn't lose weight. <laughs> it's like yep. taking responsibility for your shit, you know? And like money is just another way that like you have, if you want to succeed, you have to plan. You can't just like wing it. Yeah. I think one of, I looked at one of your posts one time and it was like, you show like the, the week in an example and you're like, okay, veggies, 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 veggies. And then pizza and beer, pizza and beer on Saturday and Sunday. And you're like, if you really like average that out, you should have just had, you know, (laughs) beer every day and a piece of pizza every day because you ate all your calories at the end of the week or you you didn't actually, you know, go into that mode where you were eating healthy because you binged. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of people do that too, is instead of, you know, giving yourself a little leeway and giving that like, okay, I'm going to have some fun money to go shopping or get what, get that coffee once a week. Like 
we go into this deprivation mode, we're like, no spend November, right? Like Mm -hmm. something like crazy. And then you end up binging in December and going crazy and buying everybody gifts and, and you kind of backtrack on everything that you succeeded on the month before. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Like I actually did. I remember doing that. Like, I think it was at some point last year, like the er, like early last year, I was like, I'm so sick of like my shit. I have to stop buying coffee out. Cause I was like working at coffee shops every day. And, um, and so, you know, I looked at the end of the month, I was like, Oh my God, I spent a hundred dollars a month on fucking coffee. And I have coffee at my house. I have a coffee maker, a Chemex and a French press. Sam, seriously, you don't need to go buy coffee every day. (laughs) And it was one of these like, aha moments, like, okay, no more coffee. So then I went like cold turkey, no coffee at all. And then I felt so like miserable because I was like, I'm just sitting at home and like I'm alone and I don't get like all the things. And I realized like, wait, actually, maybe it's not about like entirely removing it, but it's just like being smarter and like maybe only going out like once a week instead of five to six times a week (laughs) or like, you know, building in some flexibility there and not being so rigid. Prioritizing it a little more. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's, it's a lot about prioritizing your goals and figuring out what's going to work for you and being okay with the fact that it's a learning process. Yeah. And I think even with money, it's a little bit harder because it's not like those like monthly meetings where you're really looking at your budget, it's, you're doing it, you know, two or three times a month. It's not something you're looking at every day. So if you're thinking about creating good habits, mm. you know, right. Yeah. And a I habit like, take, yeah, like it takes a while, right. To like build a habit of like monthly, like tracking and like looking at your cash flow and it's something that I've recently started doing. And I realized like, wow, how did I live without doing this? Like I was just flying by the seat of my freaking pants, hoping like at the end of the day, I'd have some money. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's most people, to be honest, like this is a newer space for me. If I'm being, if I'm being totally transparent, like, because like you, I grew up in a, in a household that did not really talk about money. And all I did was see, like, I see like bills stack up on the counter. And I remember just like having this image in my head, like, okay, like wait till the last minute to pay the bills because you want to make sure you have enough money to pay the bills. And like this, like kind of hamster wheel feeling of like, like scarcity, just like there never being enough and catching myself doing that. And then like, actually like seeing like, oh, wow, I, I don't want to be in that space anymore. Like that's not serving me. Like that's not how I'm going to attract abundance. Like that's not how I'm going to grow and like get myself out of all my student debt and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. No, I think it, it is one of those things, like the more we talk about it and start to like, even just bring back those memories of like, what was like, how was money dealt with when you were a kid? Right. Like, mm-hmm. like where are those feelings come from either scarcity or abundance? Like, cause I think there are some people who go into scarcity mode and they don't want to do anything with their money and they save, 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 save. Or there's people who are in abundance and they're like, well, it'll come sometime. And they spend, 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 spend. Mm-hmm. And like really diving into like, okay, what are the deeper roots behind like how you handle money and where do they come from? And are they true or not true? Yeah. For people listening that maybe aren't too sure about scarcity or abundance or like where they fall kind of on that spectrum, could you talk a little bit about like some examples or like, how to make those shifts from either extreme one of the extreme ends to finding that like ba- like balance maybe center line yeah so that's a, i mean so it, it does go go back to like looking at the fundamentals like where where are your priorities and like where do you find joy in life mm-hmm. uh, it could be hiking and going on you know simple trips and you know, being at home and with, you know, your husband and a Netflix and a glass of wine, or it could be doing extravagant trips and, you know, traveling the world. But I do think it, it does go back to like looking at, okay, where's your income at? 
where your expense is at, like making sure you have those cushion accounts that are, you know, like an emergency fund or, you know, those, and then really like diving into like, okay, what should I be putting away for short-term savings and those goals and long-term savings? And it is, they're all moving parts and just asking yourself those questions. Like, is it important for you to retire early? Is it important for you to start a business? Is it like, is it important for you to spend time with family and, you know, or do you love working? Like, those are all things that are like things you have to think about. And I do think there's a piece of like, yeah, putting that, those security blankets in place, but also like coming up with a system where you allow yourself to say like, okay, I came from this place of scarcity where money was never available, but I have to let myself spend a little bit more because I have put those security blankets in place so that, yes, if something happens, I'm okay. Yeah. And then also saying like, okay, if I'm coming from a place of abundance, like what if something happens and I want to start my own job or, you know, start my own business and travel the world with my husband or fiance or, you know, significant other for six months or, you know, there's so many things that you could say like, okay, like, should I pull myself back so I can start saving and put, put those things in place to be supported if I want to make those decisions? Yeah, I love that. I think clarity on the goal, right? Like what, like asking yourself, like, what do you want? I don't think we like ask ourselves that enough, you know, like, what do I actually want? Like, what's the, is there an end goal? Like, if so, what does that look like? Or like, what are the feelings I want to be feeling when I have quote unquote, all of the money that I've wanted, you know, or like reach my desired income or like whatever that looks like. Um, So like for people listening, like what are some questions that they could maybe ask themselves to help them get closer to maybe figuring out like what it is that they want or like um some first steps and strategizing about like being smart with what they do have and and money moving forward yeah so i think there's two parts to that question the first would probably be like what are your goals and like what makes you happy what brings you joy Mm -hmm. um And I think that is a really hard question for a lot of people. And I think that's something that like has stunned a lot of people when I, you know, we get on a discovery call and I'm sitting there being like, okay, like what makes you happy? Like, what are your hobbies? What do you enjoy doing? And they're like, "Hmm, well, that's, that's not a money question. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, and it, it does it. There's like this pause and like, okay maybe we can come back to that. Um, And I think that's something that a lot of people need to spend time on and, you know, talk through it with friends and family and, you know, really dive deeper into it. Yeah. And then, and then looking at like, how does money relate to that? Like if traveling is important, like how do you, how are you going to set money aside for that travel or how do you pay for travel when it comes up? Um, And then really putting systems in place to say like, okay, I want to do like a huge trip every year and it's going to cost me, you know, five to $10,000 to do it. Okay, great. How much money do we need to put away per month to Mm -hmm. achieve that goal? Or if you're not going to do it per month, like when a bonus comes in, do you put that money into a savings account and don't touch it? Right. Yeah. So it's, I think, again, it's like one of those go back to the basics of really asking yourself what makes you happy and like what those short term goals are and start achieving those first. Yeah. Is that how you started, like with your own money story and like how you transitioned out of a place of like not knowing to feeling really good and confident about where, like, what your decisions are? Um, I wish it was. 
Yeah. Um, mine were a little more materialistic because I got to this point where my Honda Accord with 230,000 miles on it was about to kaputs. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, crap. My next goal is buying a new car. How am I going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that that was a journey in itself because it was like I was going after something more materialistic. I wasn't really looking at what made me happy. Mm. Um, I mean, I was looking at like fancy cars and like, but I mean, I don't really care what car I drive. Like it just gets me from point A to point B. As long as it drives, great. <laughs> uh, and I think I had to take a step back and be like, oh, yeah, cars, a car doesn't matter. Like no matter what, like it doesn't matter what brand it is or, you know, I just mm. need it to work. Yeah. Um, so that was a, that was a journey too. And like understanding that my goals are like m one of my biggest goals is traveling. Like I love skiing and snowboarding and that's a passion of mine and that makes me really happy. So that, that became something that was a priority for me as a savings goal. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like letting your, letting the things that bring you joy dictate where you spend your money. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How do you, so this is, this thought has kind of come up to me recently and I don't know, maybe we can kind of go back and forth talking about it, but like differentiating between like wants and needs, like sometimes, you know, like you're making a decision and you're like, do I need this or do I just like want this? Right. And it's like, there's some things that are on the like fuzzy line of like, well, like I don't really like I don't really, really need it, but like, I kind of need it. And like, but I also want it. And it's like, it could be with like, I don't know anything from like, I need a shirt for a photo shoot or like, <laughs> I need this bubbly water because if not, then I'm going to blow my diet. It's like <laughs> stuff like that. Like, do you ever find yourself like going back and forth in your head between like the want and need? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of my clients are dealing with too, as far as like sitting there and you sit there and you look at your budget and you're like, okay, I really only have X amount of dollars allocated towards say clothing this month, but I do have a photo shoot coming up and I need a shirt, a pair of pants. I'm going to go get my hair done and my nails done. And it's, it's hard. It's like, it's an internal struggle to be like, do I really, really need it? Or am I willing to give up something else this month to do that? Yeah. I think that's, that's the piece where it's like, okay, like if it is really important, are you willing to give up something else that might be more important? Yeah. Like on that, that list of goals. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I guess it's just like reframing reframing it in the bigger context is probably yeah. like a really helpful tool there. Like a zoom out, like it's almost like, I guess it, you can bring it back to dieting again, like, or even just like calories, like flexible dieting, like the power of like, okay, if I have this donut right now, it's going to taste really fucking awesome. But like, it might mean that I don't have a big dinner, you know, or like I have a lot more veggies at dinner and in whatever so it's like thinking about the full day of eating and how that fits into the bigger day and maybe what you're talking about is like that one purchase and where it fits into your say monthly budget or something yeah and I think I, that's a huge piece of it too and a lot of the times it is a learning process and I think afterwards when guilt also plays into it Mm. a little bit too so you it's a learning lesson of like okay if you did it this time and you felt guilty after you did it now the next time we look at it you might think about it differently yeah and are you gonna are you gonna feel guilty after you make this purchase right and how, like think about how you felt last time and mm -hmm. yeah. it's never perfect that's the, the beauty of it. It's just a learning process. Yeah, I love that. It's like the practice 
of managing your money. It's not like I'm going to manage my money. It's like I'm practicing managing my money. So it takes a little bit of the pressure off. At least that's how I've been like talking about it to myself as I'm learning to manage a lot of money when I'm owning a business. It's like, this is a totally new space for me. And it's like, I can ask anyone else for their opinion on what I should do and how I should do it. But at the end of the day, like I have to just like do it and probably fuck up and then learn and then adjust and then do it again, maybe a little better. And so I, like you saying that has helped me see like, oh yeah, like this is the same thing. Like I just have to practice the doing of spending and not spending and see what works. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm recently learning that too with my fitness journey too. It's like, it's all a practice, whether it's nutrition, whether it's fitness, finances, mindset, like it's all practice. (laughs) We're all just out here practicing guys. (laughs) Just doing the best we can. I love that. (laughs) So I would love to like dive into a little bit more um, like advice from you on if someone is currently, you know, they like literally have nowhere to start and they've now they've established like, okay, in order to make goals, like we kind of make like a happy list or like a joy list, like what brings me joy and then how, how that money relates to those things. Yep. They kind of have clarity around that what would be like the next things that they could do to start taking action on their money situation so the biggest piece is really starting to write down the numbers Um, and we're coming up on let's say the end of the month right so right now would be a good time to say okay the next like next month is march what am, what are my expected, what am I expecting to make total income might be two paychecks, might be three paychecks. If you're a small business owner, like you and I like, okay, maybe I have five or six clients. What does that total number look like? And that gives you your like, okay, here's what I have to spend. And then you can start to break down like what you think your expenses are. And I will tell you, like, 99.9% of the time, what people think they spend is not what they actually spend. So it helps to go back. (laughs) (laughs) It helps to go back, like look back at February, look back at January and December, November, like what were the, what did those numbers look like? And really start to put them into categories and see what you spend in your coffee budget. Like I, the first time I think I did a budget, I was like, Oh, coffee, $50 a month. Yeah. And then I really looked at it. And I was like, Ooh, yep. Coffee every day at Starbucks. That's about $200. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Occasionally I throw in a bagel and occasionally I throw, throw in lunch and mm-hmm. it starts to get real when you start to look at what you're actually spending. Um, but I do think the biggest thing is starting with a plan at at the beginning of the month and putting those categories in place and then really looking at the statements at the end of the month to say like, okay, where are the categories and where's money actually going? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it just gives you, it gives you the clarity. Like, and, and like you said, it makes it real. Because I think for a lot of people, like, they don't understand money. It seems like this, like, unknown foreign, like, thing. And especially, like, most of us, like, don't use cash. Like, I don't, couldn't tell you the last time I, like, took cash out of my wallet. And so it's, like, you're just swiping away. Like, it's, like, invisible. You're, like, oh, this is, like, Monopoly money. Like, I'm good. And, like, if I don't have it, then, like, I'll just put it on my credit card. And it's, like, well, if you can't afford something, you probably shouldn't be spending money on it in, like, the grand scheme of things, you know, or, like, find ways to get creative around that or whatever. But, yeah, I think having clarity and making it real, writing shit down, like, for me, I remember when I tracked my finances for the first time, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to spend less than a thousand dollars this month, like not including rent, but just like on everything. Right. And it it was like the 13th of the month. And I was like, fuck, I'm at 800. How am I going to live? I was like, I'm going to eat cans of tuna and rice for the rest of the month. 
<laughs> and it was just this like huge wake up call. Cause I was like, there's no way I spend more than a thousand dollars in a month. And then I was like, Oh my God, I do. I do so bad. <laughs> and that was when I was like, okay, something's got to change. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the first realization of groceries too. I'm like, oh, I only spend $100 a week on groceries. And then being like, one month, I was like, I think I spent $800 a month on groceries. How, like, how was I so off? (laughs) How am I not like 200 pounds heavier than I am? (laughs) Where's all that food actually go? Yeah, because we're just so used to swiping. We don't actually look at the receipt anymore. And (laughs) yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. So for you, like, how do you, um, is your like best practices or like your habit right now? Is it like to make a plan for the beginning of the month and then do like, you know, expected and then check it out at the end of the month and compare that to the actual, what you spent, what you made and, you know, see what that looks like and kind of project moving forward. Yeah. So I do like first, it will be like last day of the month. I'll, backtrack and review actual numbers and then look forward to the next month. Um, I personally have to add in at like the 15th of the month, I have to do a check-in and see where I'm at Mm -hmm. because of a fluctuating income for myself. But that also gives me some flexibility to say like, oh, hey, I'm doing really good on my coffee and restaurant spending. Maybe I can go out and, you know, do a couple of like, you know, that need list and hit some of those items this month. And it it just gives me that like freedom to go and spend without feeling that guilt either and being like, oh, do I have the ability to do this? Or am I just going to swipe and try and make it, you know, Mm -hmm. later somewhere else? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Oh man, I feel like that's gonna totally resonate with everyone listening. I know for me, like that was the story of my life. Like I just I lived in such scarcity, but I spent like I was in abundance. Like yeah. which is crazy. Like I was so scared of not having enough, but I would just be like, oh, I'll figure it out. And that was like my mantra. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and then like I'm like, why am I not paying off my hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of student debt? Like, why is it taking so fucking long? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, I can so relate to that for sure. Yeah. I think um, having an accountability partner too, whether it be someone like a coach or a friend that you can be open and honest with too in those things. So if you're living in scarcity, but you're spending like you're in abundance, you can have someone really back in and be like, Sam, we got priorities. Come on, like get it together. Like you have bigger goals. You have a business you're running. You have plans. Like let's, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, I think the biggest benefit to having a coach or a consultant on board with you is someone that's going to check in with you monthly or quarterly and say like, where do we stand? Yeah. You know, here's our, here's our checklist of things that we wanted to do and, you know, why or why not did we achieve them? Right. Yeah. What do we need, what do we need to do moving forward so that you can actually hit these goals? Yeah. I also think that like, so like my boyfriend and I, like we talk about that a lot. Like we don't share finances or anything, but we just are very open with money, which that's like the first relationship I've ever been in where like, it's been a conversation. And I know that like, it's totally taken away like any shame or guilt I've, I've had around it, which is really nice. Like, so you guys, like if you're, you know, if you don't have like a significant other that you feel comfortable talking about money with right now, you know, like that's obviously going to be important for you in the future. If you're going to be getting married and stuff, but like, you know, like look to a friend, like a, a close friend or like, uh, hello, reach out to Jen. Like she's amazing. And this is like what she does. And it's like, use the resources and don't be afraid to ask for help because like I had to ask for help. I've had like multiple financial advisors because I just, you know, like coaches and money, um, like just money experts help me because I had no idea what I was doing. And like, I didn't have a frame of reference and I was just like a, I kind of felt lost in the sea. So I know from my experience, like asking for help was like the biggest, like I had to let my ego go 
because I was like, oh, I got it. Like, I'll figure it out. And then I'm like, I still haven't figured it out. So and something's got to change. <laughs> so like coming to terms with that and just like being real with yourself. And it was like such a huge thing for me is like owning it, like taking responsibility for it. And then being like, I don't want to like fuck my kids over one day. You know, like I don't want to fuck everyone else around me over either from being like, oh, I, ca- I can't, can we not split the bill evenly? Because like I got, a dr- you know, it's like, no, I don't like, <laughs> it's like stuff like that, that affects your yeah. quality of life. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing is like asking for help because there are tools and resources out there that go above and beyond what most people can put the time and effort in looking at and researching. Um, And like for, for you, like that's the nutrition side of things. That's the fitness and mindset thing. Like you've done your due diligence to like vet products and see what works and talk to people and research it. And that's my job is like really talking and like saying, what are the good resources out there? What are the good things that like are beneficial for clients to be in? Like tools, different strategies, accounts, all that stuff. Like the financial world is scary. Like there's so many different like financial terminology that literally make no sense. Even to somebody who's been in the financial world. And I'm like, what is that? Like, why are like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, EFTs, mutual funds with no load, A shares, B shares, like it gets crazy and it gets in depth and it, it makes sense to just ask someone that's been in that world just to make sure you're in the right situation for you. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's like, you know, that's how you learn. It's like, you can't do it by yourself. And if you want to go somewhere you've never been, you have to ask someone that's been there. Um, and I think that was like the hugest like realization for me is like, wow, yeah, this is an area I really fucking struggle in and I just need help. And like, I don't want to feel like I'm drowning or confused anymore or like not actually reaching my goals or like feeling good about like going on a vacation, right. Or like buying a coffee. Like I I want to be able to feel like freedom, you know, and that like peace of mind of like, oh yeah, I'm good. Like, this is fine. You know? (laughs) So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What would you say is like the biggest recommendation that you can give to someone that's, um, that's maybe they've started digging into their finances a little bit and they, they really want to like, they want to do like one thing that's going to like maybe one small thing that's going to have a big impact. Um, could you recommend something small that they could do right now to have that big impact? Um, yeah, I think if you're, if you're on track and you, everything's kind of going and flowing as you think it is, um, do a double check, Mm. uh, go in and review those accounts and make sure they are what they say they are. Um, I'll just give you like a quick example, high interest savings accounts Mm. right now are available And most people have no idea whether or not their savings are actually in a high interest savings account or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So just by going in and asking your bank, like, oh, are my savings in a high interest savings account? Or do I need to move that money into another place that's going to give me, you know, one and a half to 2% Mm. is a big thing. Um, Same with 401ks any investment accounts, like make sure they're doing what you think they're doing as well as like the fees that are attached to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful. Yeah. Reading a fine print. (laughs) Or like talking to a human. Like that for me is like, I don't know. I just like, I have no time to like dig into the weeds of that shit. It's like, I just want an answer. Like I want someone I trust. And I think maybe that's something too, is like, you guys, if you are going to work with someone, like make it someone that you trust. Because, like, if you put your finances in somebody else's hands, you know, like, you're not going to just give it to a random stranger. And it's like, okay, so do your due diligence and research on finding someone to help you, too. Like, make sure they resonate. Make sure their messaging is, like, where you want it. Make sure, like, Jen's talking about, like, she's client-focused. Like, that's the type of stuff that you'd want to look for in a money coach, I would assume, right? Yeah. I think also when you're going to talk to like a financial advisor, the biggest question is how do you get paid? Mm. 
Yeah, that's a huge question. Because um, there's so many different like brokerage firms, RIAs, duly registered investment firms, and they're all getting paid differently. And you want to know where they're getting their money from. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any other um, recommendations for questions for people to ask if they are like looking around and they, they're they being silly and they don't go and, go and find you? <laughs> hmm. um, I think what are the fees? That's hmm. a big one. Um, cause you have fees that are within different funds and products. And then, um, as an advisor, like what do you get paid? So is it a percentage of assets under management? Is it, is it a commission or is it the only, mm. yeah, those are some big ones. Cool. Um, only because that affects your return specifically and has the biggest impact yeah for sure okay. you want to make sure that you have your priority number one yes yeah because like at the end of the day that's all there is <laughs> money comes and goes but like you're still there <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh my gosh this has been so helpful like i've learned a ton too and i think it's just so nice to be able to like have this conversation like just put it out there right and like get the conversation going more about this topic that can feel like taboo or like shame or guilt and it's like no like accepting where you currently are and that's okay and like the sooner that you can accept it the sooner that you can change it because like if you just I mean I spent like years like denying my my financial situation I'm like no it's fine it's fine I'm like it's not fucking fine (laughs) not good at all <laughs> actually <laughs> so I think like having the conversation and being like okay here's where I'm at I got a cre- I got a bunch of credit card debt I don't have an emergency fund I have student loans I swipe my card anytime I can and I just deal with it it's like okay well like acknowledging where you're at being okay with that and then just having a goal and like working on that and like you said practicing I think that's huge yeah we're not taught it in school, but we should have been. I know. Are you thinking about like doing something to partner with like schools or whatever to inform them about this stuff? Yeah, I've started the conversation with actually a couple of colleges around the Boston area because I felt like that would have been the most impactful time is mm-hmm. like graduating and starting with, you know, a career and a job and like, I, I would have needed a money course right then and there. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I wish I had that. Like, why am I, you know, like it took me until I was, I guess probably last year, like early 2019, like I was 28 and I had no, I I still didn't know what I was doing. So it's like now taking those tools and like empowering myself and my clients too, even financially with their stuff. Yeah. So that's amazing. Oh, Jen, you're such a, you're, you're such a bright light in the money space. And it's so refreshing to like hear your perspective and your story. And I admire you like sharing your, like the Honda Accord thing. Like I can so relate, you know, like mine wasn't the Honda Accord. It was like a lot of other (laughs) shitty things that I was like, I I can't live like this anymore. It's not going to (laughs) work. I think we all have something like that. And it's like, and that's, that's just part of like, it's funny. Like it just becomes comical, you know, you're like, okay, yep. That's what it is. Yep. <laughs> just own it. <laughs> you got to. Hunting <laughs> around my little clunky old Honda Accord until I could afford the next step up. I love it. <laughs> so for everyone um, that doesn't know where to find you, can you share like what's going on in your world? And if they want to work with you or reach out or schedule a call, um, what would that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Schedule a call because it doesn't hurt to sit down and just start talk about it and see where you can uh, grow. But you can find me at www.baseplanning.co. It is .co, not .com. It's funky. And then um, Instagram and Facebook is base or dot financial wellness. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I'll put a link to all of your stuff in the show notes too. Um, so people can go and find you and, um, yeah. If you had one kind of like parting, um, advice for everyone listening, what would it be? Uh, today is the best day to start. Mm, I love that. 
I think we always um, can find an excuse to start tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Have you read Eckhart Tolle's um, The Power of Now? I have not. Oh, such a I good mean, that, That's on my list now. Yeah, yeah. I have the words, the time is now, tattooed on my side as my daily reminder. Love it. Like, like we don't even know if we're going to have tomorrow, you know? So yeah. that, yeah, I love that. Oh, cool. And uh, one last question. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Mm. Oh gosh, that's a great one. Um, I think it's empowering people to take control of their dreams and their goals um, making, that, making that a reality mm. um, and definitely putting, putting things in place to make people feel more comfortable about opening up the conversation around how to get there yeah I love that Oh, so good. I'm giving you such a big hug in your nice, cozy, uh, warm <laughs> turtleneck yeah. sweater. I have a little turtleneck. <laughs> turtleneck twins. <laughs> in that. And yoga pants. Yes. Samesies. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for sharing all of your um, wisdom and for taking the time to be on here. I know that this episode is going to be super valuable especially for people who maybe feel stuck in their current financial situation. I know exactly how that feels. And I know that you, you have at one point too. So thank you for sharing your story and all these tips. And I'm excited to see what everyone thinks. I think it's, yeah, it's just such a, a blessing to have you on and to share you with my audience. No, thank you. Yeah. Ooh, big hug. And, um, Yes, we will definitely be talking soon. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Alrighty, everyone, that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to tune in and be here with me and Jen. And a huge shout out to Jen for sharing all of her knowledge and wisdom all around the topic of money. I know for me personally, I have dealt with my own shame and fear around money because I didn't know much about it. And I felt kind of shameful and and almost guilty for not knowing and feeling like I have should have my shit together and I didn't. And so if that sounds like you, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And I hope that all the tools that Jen has shared with us in this episode have helped you get out of scarcity, transfer into abundance, and realize just how resourceful you truly are. So if you have not already, please subscribe and make sure that you stay up to date with all the episodes. I love hearing from you guys. When you DM me, it's the best. And let me know which episodes are most helpful so that I can give you more of the content that you want to hear. I also just want to make a quick announcement. I am hosting a 14 day free challenge through my fit and free membership when you sign up you will get a 14 day free trial on the membership you basically get a sneak peek into what the community is like you'll get a group coaching call you'll get free at-home workouts nutrition advice journaling support mindset stuff it's amazing so much fun we have such a blast in there and i would love for you to join so i will be talking all about this on my story in the upcoming week enrollment opens on Monday, the 30th of March, and it closes on April 3rd. So please stay in touch. I'm so excited to have you in the challenge and I will catch y'all on the next episode.